Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. You know what? Cut the music. Screw the intro. What the hell is going on with the Boston Celtics? I now want, what do they go? One and four in this five game road trip. This is absolutely unbelievable. I'm not doing any of the intro stuff. I'm so fired up about this crap that the Celtics are putting on the floor every single night. Another loss tonight. This is, I'm literally recording this right after the Trailblazers games. Once again, another embarrassing second quarter where they didn't score for, I believe, the last six minutes of the second quarter, and they lose once again after an insane comeback. They can't keep doing this, and I can't stand it anymore. It's driving me nuts. Everyone on this team is driving me nuts, minus like three people, and it's it's bananas, absolutely bananas. So let's break down this road trip, shall we? Celtics lose the first game thanks to Kyrie Irving missing a layup and Oladipo hitting an insane point three-pointer with like 0.4 seconds left to go on the clock. Then the Celtics go to Denver and they let Jamal Murray almost drop 50 points. And then he tried to drop 50 points. And then Kyrie got pissed about it and threw the ball into the freaking stands. And then they were down to the Phoenix Suns, who I believe only have two wins now, maybe only one by 22. They were down 22 points and they needed OT to win. They needed overtime to win the game to beat the Suns. What the hell is going on. But by the way, shout out to standby your man Marcus Morris for hitting that three-pointer to put it in overtime. If not, the Celtics could have gone 0-5 on this road trip. The Celtics are now 7-6. and This is an issue. This is a problem. Am I highly concerned? No. Am I pissed? Yes, because this shouldn't be happening. It really shouldn't. So just to get this over and done with and get it out of the way, let's run this. We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation, Celtics Unit Report. All right, this week's Banner Banter investigation is about former Celtics player Charlie Scott, who is a member of the 1976 Celtics championship team. He was a part of the triple overtime game, Game 5, NBA Finals against the Phoenix Suns. So once again, I'm bringing everything and everyone together. I'm trying to calm down. It's okay. It's just Game 13 of the season. It's okay. Calm down, Tim. Calm down. So yeah, so Suns, Celtics, last week, overtime. We'll talk about Game 5, Triple Overtime. Some say the greatest NBA Finals game in NBA history. So here's a breakdown about Charlie Scott, who was actually recently inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this past September. He was drafted in the same exact draft as Dave Cowens. And Dave Cowens in this game played 55 minutes and finished with 26-19. and Now, some NBA players are on minute restrictions after injuries, 25 minutes, you know, for Gordon Hayward, you know, right, um, I think after tonight, Kyrie might have played like 30 minutes, so basically double that, and that would, that's what they used to do in the 70s, but anyways, I I digress, so Charlie Scott was playing like Jalen Brown has lately, he played 32 minutes, shot 3 of 14 from the field, and finished with only 6 points, what's up Jalen Brown, get your act together, I cannot stand the selfish play of Jalen Brown, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But in that series, Charlie Scott had averaged 14-6, and six, and he was a big part of helping the Celtics win the 1976 NBA Finals. The great part about Charlie Scott and why he's so important to the game of basketball is he was the first African-American athlete to receive an athletic scholarship at the University of North Carolina. Now, we all know I'm a Duke guy, and by the way, 
I don't know if anyone saw the Duke game last week against Kentucky. <laughs> Zion and Cam and RJ, the whole, the whole squad played great. But anyways, he was the first African-American to receive a full boat scholarship at UNC, and he did not want to go there. He wanted to go play at Davidson because he had a really good relationship with the coach that was at Davidson. And, you know, for those who don't know, Steph Curry, he's the one that went out to Davidson. Shout out to all my people that love Steph Curry. Anyways, the crazy thing about all this is Len Bias, former future, was supposed to be the greatest Celtics player of all time, who died. He, this guy that had a great relationship with Charlie Scott, went on to Maryland and then coached Len Bias. So it's absolutely crazy. Now, Charlie Scott was a two-time All-American and did not receive ACC Player of the Year due to some voters refusing to cast a vote for him because he was an African-American, which is absolutely ridiculous. But Charlie Scott went on and had a great NBA career, a great career in the NBA, and it was just great, great to see. In the early part of his career, he got drafted by the Phoenix Suns when the same draft as Dave Cowens, and he played three All-Star games in a row just to start off his career, and then he was traded to the Celtics in 1975 for Paul Paul Westfall and two picks, and then literally the following year, they played each other in the NBA Finals. So that was actually pretty cool, but overall, his career numbers were great. He averaged 20 points a game both in the ABA and the NBA, and he was a very, very important part, not only for college basketball, not only for ACC basketball, but in the NBA and helping the Celtics win titles. And that's what the Celtics are known for. So shout out to Charlie Scott for all that he did and a belated congratulations on making the Basketball Hall of Fame. All right, now let's get back to this terrible road trip, okay? So then after the Celtics lose, or I'm sorry, beat the Suns, it felt like they lost to the Suns because they should have with how crappy they played. They then went to Utah. Kyrie wasn't there because he had to go to his grandfather's memorial service, which is fine. But then they lost to the Utah Jazz and they gave up 123 points to the Utah Jazz who really aren't having that great of a year. I know a lot of people... I think that Donovan Mitchell's great and Ben Simmons is great and Jason Tatum's great, but a lot of the second-year players this year aren't really having great years. Like Donovan Mitchell isn't having his best like second season, Ben Simmons either, and neither is Tatum, and we'll get into that in a bit. But they let Joe Ingles go off. He scored over 20 points. He never does that. He's actually on my fantasy team, and like I mentioned last week, you can't leave the guy open, and guess what? They left the guy open, and he destroyed them. Jay Crowder even had a good game, and Jay Crowder, oh man, I am so sick and tired of Jay Crowder, thinking like, oh yeah, they know what they did. They know they made the wrong decision. No, actually, since since you left, the Celtics have been pretty good. Maybe not this season, but since you left, the Celtics have been perfectly fine without you. And then this game against the Trailblazers. I don't know if the Celtics need to go to a shooting clinic. I don't know if they literally need to start shooting on little tight hoops to regain their confidence. But whatever they're doing in the second quarter needs to stop. It needs to stop. I, I, I can't explain it. They were terrible in the second quarter. Sure, the the Trailblazers had a reasonable size lead at, at the end of the first. Celtics cut it down to four with like nine minutes to go. And then the Trailblazers were like, see ya. It, it happens every game. It's always happened in this Brad Stevens era, and I need answers. I'm sick of people saying, oh, well, you know, it's the bench. You know, they haven't played together, and some of the starters, you know, sometimes Gordon plays with them. Sometimes Tatum comes in. Sometimes Kyrie comes in. I'm sick of that. I need to know why the Celtics suck in the second quarter, and I need to know now before I lose my goddamn mind. I don't understand it. If you take away that second quarter, the Celtics win the game. But guess what? You can't. And I'm so sick and tired of it. Let's talk about some of the other things that didn't work for the Celtics on this road trip. For example, the defense. The Celtics are known for their defense, right? They got a top five ranked defense in the league. 
They they got bulldogs in the defensive end, and for whatever reason, the Celtics just can't play defense, especially off the pick and roll. I I, I don't understand it, especially with Nurchik tonight or whatever his name is from the Trailblazers. Like every single play, it was like Lillard pick and roll, and no one from the weak side or the back side would come over and help and step in front of him and take a charge and let it go the other way. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's the communications there. I don't know if the laziness is there. I don't know if they're not watching the ball, but you're always supposed to be watching the ball. That's like common sense, you know? The two pistols, one pointing to the ball, one pointing to your man. It's just common sense, and the Celtics aren't doing it. I don't understand it. And like Jalen Brown, he gets beat on backdoor cuts all the time. All the time. And I, like, especially there was one play, in, I, I think it was the fourth quarter, the third quarter. Everything's a blur right now from this Trailblazers game because I was so angry after it. I think... Yeah, he got beat backdoor in the fourth quarter to C.J. McCollum. And no, I'm sorry. It was a third quarter. It was to literally start off the third quarter. And then I texted my buddy Brian. I was like, get Jalen out of there. He doesn't want to play defense. He's being selfish. Get him out of there. And they brought in Marcus Smart. And he shadowed McCollum and Lillard and was great. And that's how the Celtics got back into the game. It was absolutely unbelievable. The Celtics have seven wins this year. They've given up less than 100 points in five out of those seven wins. So guess what, guys? If you don't play defense, you're not going to win. And all their losses this year, their six losses, guess what? All over 100 points. That's, that's, that's terrible. And the two wins that the Celtics do have over 100 points, guess who they beat? The Suns and the Knicks. Not good. Not good. The, the, the Knicks have a nice little story going, okay? David Fisdale's got a good little thing going. There's a little hype behind the team. And, you know, that's cute and all, especially for the Knicks. They've been a terrible organization for a long time. But... Yeah, they've given up over 100 points to the Suns and the Knicks, and those have been their only two wins where the other team has scored over 100 points. I can't take it because I fully believe that the Celtics are a good defense leads to better offense type team. And right now, it's crappy defense leading to crappy offense. And it drives me nuts. Absolutely nuts. So going into the Jazz game, and I believe going going out after this Trailblazer game, they still have a top five defense. They were... After the Jazz game, they went from second to fourth because they gave up 123 points. And then after this game, I feel like it kind of averaged out. So they're they're still a top five defense. But I just don't understand like why all this is happening, especially when when you think about it. The Celtics are are really good at getting rid of the other team's best players. Like look at the series against the 76ers in the playoffs in the second round. They got they did a great job getting rid of Joel Embiid, and they're like, go ahead, Ben Simmons, step up. And he only scored one point in one of the games. But they take away Lillard for a little bit. And Aminu, or I'm sorry, in in the fourth quarter of the Trailblazers game, sorry guys, I'm just, I am all over the place right now with anger. So in the fourth quarter, Aminu hit three three three-pointers. He averages one per game because they were so focused on C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. And so they have another guy go off. And then you think about it, they shut down Gore. Gobert in the Jazz game and Donovan Mitchell, for the most part, I'm not saying, you know, they put up a goose egg, but they had average games, and then Joe Ingle goes off, and they lose. Jamal Murray, the Nuggets games, he's pretty good, but is he the number one option over there? Nope, and he went off. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they went off, whatever, in the Suns game, that's fine, but then you got to think about the Pacers game too, Victor Oladipo, guess what? He really didn't have that great of a game. Sure, he had his like 25 points that he usually gets, but it was Sabonis who came off the bench and went nuts. So they're letting these guys do these things and taking control of games that shouldn't be taking control of games. And I don't know how they they can fix it. Like, 
sure, when Damian Lillard is on the floor, he should be your number one priority. But if Aminu's out there too, and he's already hit two three-pointers, take a step in and just put a hand up. Sure, he hit an absolutely insane three-pointer that he'll probably never hit again in his career later in the fourth quarter to end it with the game that just happened. But it's just the miscommunication everywhere. They switch when they don't want to. Then they switch when they do want to. You have guys yelling at each other because guys have been in the system longer. Like, you know, there there are times where Marcus will yell at Kyrie on a switch. Like, no, don't switch there. Or Tice because he's not fully back either. And it's so annoying. Guys are committing dumb fouls too. Like that Marcus Smart foul against Devin Booker towards the end of the game. It might have been overtime, but it might have been the end of the fourth quarter too. In the Suns game, he literally reached for the ball for no reason and put Devin Booker on the line. Like, why? Just play good defense, Marcus. Like, you're so good at it. Like, just don't let him do. And then there was another play. Like, Scal brought it up, and he was spot on. If you're When you're Daniel Tice and you're coming off a screen and the guy's going towards the baseline, you can't let him take the baseline because if you let him take the baseline, the guy from the middle will come into the paint, be ready for a nice little bounce pass, catch it, and go in for the layup. It's just like simple things like that that I know Brad is teaching him, but they're just not following through on it and the other the other thing is like defensively I fully believe that all these teams are now taking the Celtics seriously like last year they're like oh no Kyrie no Gordon it's a breeze we'll win and the Celtics were able to get some wins and that's why they were in the position that they were in and they were just clicking at the right time in the playoffs until they met LeBron James and that's fine and all but like teams are now taking you seriously so it's now your turn to take a step up and take it to the next level and one other thing sorry i'm just looking at my notes real quick this year the celtics have 11.6 deflections per game now that's outside of this trailblazers game okay and guess how many they had last year 13.3 so right then and there they're playing less aggressive defense they're not going for the ball they're not trying to deflect passes or anything like that and it's absolutely driving me crazy now I think the big issue here is the offense. I think we can all agree that the offense is the big issue. Right now, no one has taken more shots that were wide open than four other teams in the NBA. The Celtics have taken the top five most open shots in the NBA. So that, that that's pretty good, right? I mean, that means the offense is moving, the ball's moving, guys are open, they're going to their spots, right? But they're also in the bottom three of most open shots made which means they are in the top three of most open shots missed. This is why I'm not too concerned about everything, because those you know those open shots will fall. But for right now, it is full-blown panic mode. I'm sorry, not panic mode. I'm just angry. We need to be concerned. Not panic mode, not like what the 76ers just did, and we'll get into that in a second. But the offense needs to stop. And I'll give you two examples. Okay, Al Horford got an offensive rebound with like two and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter against the Trailblazers game. He got it. He could have went right up with it. One of two things could have happened. Number one, he could have missed it. Number two, it could have gone in. I'm sorry, and actually three options. And number three, he could have missed it, gotten fouled, and probably missed one of two, three throws like he always does in the fourth quarter. But instead... He kicked it out for a three-pointer. That was missed. Celtics get an offensive rebound. They shoot another three. That was contested. Missed. Trailblazers got the ball. Amina went down the court and hit the three. Unbelievable. And then, what's we, we need to talk about a Jason Tatum play that I'm still pretty angry about. If you guys watched the Suns game, it was late in the fourth quarter. My actually might have been overtime. Jason Tatum 
caught the ball in the corner and no one was near him. Like, look around you right now, okay? I guarantee you there are more people surrounding you right now than there were surrounding Jason Tatum when he had a wide open lane to dunk the ball and put the game away against the Suns. And he takes a three. So infuriating that, like, these dudes in the NBA are more concerned about hitting a three-pointer than making the right play. And it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And Jason Tatum needs to be called out here because Jason Tatum was benched to start the second half against the Suns due to his lack of effort. He played a good chunk in the first half, 0 for 4, 0 points, 0 rebounds, 0 seals, 0 assists. Marcus Smart started for him in the second half. That's not good because if you look at it, the last two games Jason Tatum has had have been great. He hit his career high in three-pointers tonight. I, I think he scored 28, maybe 29 points. Utah game, he, he scored over 20, and that's fine. And then when you look at his first four out of five games, he had 23, 16, 24, and 24. So he was, he was kind of feeling himself. Then he went 6, 16, 12, 15, and 4. Not great numbers especially for a guy who should be our number two scoring option. And all this like ISO dribbling that he's been doing, whether it's the Col- him practicing with Kobe, whatever the case may be, I don't care what the excuses are. I don't, I don't want to hear the Kobe stuff anymore. I understand why people are saying it. I just don't want to hear it anymore. But Jason Tatum needs to go back to who he is. That is hitting open jumpers in the corner, or maybe a little bit off of the corner and then attacking the basket and going to the free throw line because he's a great free throw shooter. None of this dribble, 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 dribble. Oh my God, there's two seconds left in the shot clock. Shoot it. That's for Marcus Smart. Let him make those stupid shots so we can hate him and yell at him. Okay? Let him do that. The other thing that's really driving me nuts about this team is their fourth quarter free throw shots. They can't hit him. I don't understand what it is. Al Horford missed one tonight. They must have missed four or five in the Utah game. They missed some in the Suns game. They definitely missed some in the Pacers game. I'm trying to think about the other game that they had (laughs) because I can't remember. Oh, the Nuggets game. Yep, they missed some free throws in the Nuggets game. But, you know, that's their own fault because they should have never let Jamal Murray score that many points anyways. So 42% of the Celtics shots right now are three-pointers, which is 13th best in the league. And they're making 33.4% of those. Not terrible, but not great. But here is where simple math comes into play. 57% of the Celtics shots are two-pointers, and they're 46.5% from the field. Now, quick math, 13% better. To me, those are better chances. They are the fifth worst team at those ratings. The fifth worst team at 46.5% from two. Second fewest shots attempt per game in the restricted area are owned by your Boston Celtics. The second fewest amount of restricted area shot attempts are from the Boston Celtics. No dunks, no layups, no baby hooks, no jump hooks, no sky hooks, nothing. Second fewest attempts in the NBA. Someone needs to like literally just take a step in and attack the basket and it will, and it will go up. Get that over 50%, like the Raptors, the Warriors, and the Bucks, and guess what? You're now going to have great records. Because if you can shoot 50%, like let's just say 5% better from the floor inside the three-point line, you're going to be a better team. Keep shooting your threes, they'll fall, whatever, live or die. Right now we're dying, but let's, let's try and live. 
but just take more shots in the restricted area. Those are layups. It's not like, it's, it's insane. And here's the craziest part. 62.3. That's their assist percentage for the Celtics. That's really good. That means 62% of the time when someone scores, it's from an assist. So stop doing the ISO crap and move the ball around. It's just keep moving the ball around. Now, don't like, for example, like if you're Jason Tatum and you see Marcus Smart in the corner wide open, take the shot. No need to pass it to him. I know I've said a couple bad things about Marcus Smart so far in this podcast, but Marcus Smart this entire road trip, you could argue, has been the top three best players from the Celtics. He had an unbelievable night in Utah. Plus 10, 10 assists, 13 points. He was great. Might have had nine, nine assists instead of 10 assists, but he was fantastic. And he was great tonight defending Damian Lillard as well, especially when Jalen started being lazy and Brad took Jalen out and put Marcus in. Marcus was great, but I just don't want to see Marcus Smart shoot. That's all. And I, and, I, and I feel like that's very fair. So with that being said, since we're ranking the best players of the road trip, let's do this. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, this week's Celtics stud and dud of the week your stud, Kyrie Irving. He was great. Like, he was pretty pretty good tonight against the Trailblazers. He was absolutely unbelievable against the Nuggets. He was absolutely unbelievable against the Pacers. He was absolutely unbelievable against the Suns. Really can't say anything about the Jazz. But your dud this week, Jalen Brown. Two reasons. Number one, he's playing like horse malarkey. I believe he was 3 of 14 against the Jazz the other night with Kyrie you know, not playing. Someone needs to step up and, and score some baskets, and Terry Rozier did that, you know, 22 points. He took an opportunity, and it was his time to shine. He did it. Jalen Brown could have done something as well, 3 of 14. Jalen Brown, I understand Jalen Brown is probably the smartest player on the Celtics team, but he needs to stop being dumb. He, he really does. He's this whole, like, put your head down, attack the basket. There was one play in the the beginning of the third quarter where Jalen had no reason to put the ball on the floor and dribble the baseline. And he did. And it drove me nuts. Sure. He got fouled, but like there was no need for it. He could have made the extra pass and it could have moved the ball around nicely. And who knows? He still could have got the ball back, but Jalen Brown is your dud this week. His defenses suck. His offensives has sucked. And then he had the balls to say that he believes that the Celtics are going to win the next five championships. If you put bulletin board material out for other teams, you're always going to be the dud. So Jalen Brown, whether you dropped 80 points in one game, you were going to be the dud this week for saying that type of crap. You guys haven't won crap. You're playing like crap. So cut the crap. All right? We're going to mellow out here. Okay? We're going to take a deep breath. Come on, let's do it with me. Why we shouldn't be concerned about what I just blacked out on. Okay? Number one. The Celtics are still fifth, sixth best record in the league in the Eastern Conference. 13th best overall in the NBA, sixth best right now in the East. They're three, four games out, second place. You know, they're seven and six. The 76ers are eight and six. And then the Raptors are miles and miles ahead of both. So they're not in a terrible spot. And remember, they are in the East. Okay? They are in the East. So if you get. A top four seed, 
you know, you'll if the Bucks get a get the two seed, you get the four seed. You're confident that you can beat the Bucks because you beat them in the last series. I know Brooke Lopez went off tonight and hit 88 million threes like he was Steph Curry. But remember, we're in the East. Let's take a deep breath. The team behind the teams behind us, okay, in the playoff standings or just the conference standings, the Pistons, the Nets, and the Heat, and we're currently tied with the Hornets. Is anyone concerned about any of that? Anyone? Anyone? Because I'm not. I'm not at all. Now, we can talk about this Jimmy Butler deal if you want. I think it's a great move for Philadelphia. I think it's a little bit of a panic mode for Philadelphia. I don't understand why Jimmy Butler did it. Joel Embiid, I believe, is mature. Like, more mature than Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns were. But, you know, his personality is very fun and outgoing. And that's the complete opposite of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is very serious. Markel Fultz, if I'm him, I'm going out and buying Depends right now because I'm probably pooping myself if I miss a three-point jumper. Now, with that being said, speaking about three-point jumpers, Jimmy Butler, really not a great three-point shooter. Ben Simmons, coward, because he doesn't take three-pointers. Anything inside the three-point line, Ben Simmons is is incredible. Outside of that, coward. Markel Fultz, his shot is still garbage. Three-pointers. So if if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you better be ready to learn how to play the offense against a 2-3 zone because if I'm an NBA coach, I just play zone against these guys and let those guys jack it up. Just have someone guard J.J. Redick as he runs circles around the court and then just play good defense on Embiid, and I think you can beat those guys. I think the 76ers are going to be very good. I don't, you know, I can see the 76ers going on like a little bit of a run and maybe ending up getting the two-seed or something. I don't think they'll catch the Raptors. But they, or even the Bucks. Yeah, no, I think... I don't know. The the Bucks are so weird. They they play good games and then they play bad games and I don't I think Giannis can play at this level a lot, but I don't know if Chris Middleton or I mean Eric Bledsoe is having a great season. I mean, he didn't play that great against the Celtics a couple Thursdays ago, but the Bucks, the 76ers and the Raptors, I mean, as of right now in this moment, those are your three teams to beat. The Celtics aren't in that conversation. They don't deserve to be in that conversation, but we'll see how Jimmy Butler plays with another bunch of young guys and a coach that he doesn't know anything about, and a coach where I know some Philadelphia 76ers fans really don't like him. It's going to be interesting to see how Jimmy Butler blends into this, but, I mean, just on a sheet of paper, holy crap. 76ers are going to be good, and they didn't really give up much. I mean, I think Saric is a great player. I would love Saric on the Celtics. Oh, he's a good guy to spread the floor, a big guy, just that athletic big that you need. Covington's whatever, Jared Bayless, whatever, second-round draft pick, whatever. It was a great deal for the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, I don't think the Celtics should be concerned. I still think that the Celtics can beat the Philadelphia 76ers in a seven-game series because the 76ers bench really isn't that deep. And you're expecting, you know, Redick, a lot from Redick, who's getting older every day. You're expecting a lot from Fultz, especially to be playing, like, in his real first playoff series. So it's going to be very interesting. Now, let's get back to why I'm really not concerned, okay? The Celtics still have the 10th best net rating in the league. Fourth best assist to turnover ratio in the league. Those are all great numbers, and those will only get better if they hit those open shots. And then listen to this. This is the Celtics' next 15 games, okay? This is where we need to take a deep breath. Their next 15 games, only three teams have winning records and more than six wins. The Raptors, the Jazz, and the Hornets. They play the Pelicans twice. They stink. The Knicks twice they stink 
the Bulls twice. They stink. Then they play like the Cavs. They should destroy them. The Timberwolves, they should destroy them, especially since they don't have Jimmy Butler anymore. So these next 15 games, think of it this way. These next 15 games, let's say the Celtics go 11-4. and four. Next thing you know, they're 18-10. and 10. Not terrible, but definitely an improvement. There's going to be a long season. The NBA season is very long. And then we got to remember, the Celtics, I think, have 13 home games in January. I'm concerned, but I'm, I'm not going to lose my mind like I did in the first, I don't know, 15 minutes of this podcast, maybe 20. All right, let's just talk about a couple other things real quick, and then we'll end this bad boy. Is Brad Stevens on the hot seat for the way the Celtics are playing? Depends on how you look at it. Is it the player's fault for missing open three-pointers and open layups and fourth-quarter free throws? Or is it the, the defense? You know, because Marcus Smart said this after, uh, what was it, Jazz game? Yeah, he said this after the Jazz game, that not everyone is giving 100% effort on defense, Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart said it was sad to see some guys not give 100%, also said that their defense is a slap in the face to Brad and their staff for how hard they work day in and day out. Marcus Smart isn't a vocal guy, like, to the media. That That is a bold statement. He's calling guys out there, and I'm glad that he did, and I hopefully guys can listen to him. I understand that the Celtics just needed to get home after this road trip. Look at me. I'm literally finally calming down. Like, I was angry, but now it was a long road trip. They got three games at home this week. Then they got another road game, and then they're back home for a couple. So 15 games, their next 15 games, only three teams have winning records, okay? Say it with me. Their next 15 games, only three teams have winning records. These next 15 games are going to be huge for the Celtics. Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. I think Gordon Hayward was absolutely fantastic tonight. I think he was a rebound short of a double-double, so salute to him. He was passing the ball well, rebounded the ball very well. He finally played in some crunch time minutes. But now that Gordon has finally played in his first back-to-back. Now that Gordon got all the boos in Utah, and I still don't understand why they booed Brad Stevens. I mean, I kind of get it because Brad told Gordon to come that way, so I get it, but Brad Stevens doesn't deserve boos. But is Gordon Hayward on the up, or is this is where he's going to be all year? And that's what we need to figure out. He has scored double digits as the fifth scoring option on this team. I mean, if you look at the starting lineup, the fifth scoring option is Gordon Hayward. And he has scored now seven out of the last, or seven out of 12 games. Celtics played 13. Remember, Gordon didn't play in that first back-to-back. Seven, yeah, seven out of 12 games, he has scored in double digits. So I think that's good. You know, there's been some games where he has eight boards. He also recently had a game where he had nine assists. He has some games where he has like 13 points and seven assists. So he's contributing, but we just need it to get to an all-star level for people to start feeling better. And I think he'll do that. I really do. I was going to give him like 20 games to get it going, but now that 13 games in and all this back-to-back stuff's over, he played it. Hopefully they up his minute restriction. And now that the Utah thing's passed him, it's now for Gordon Hayward to show up. It really and truly is. Okay? I'm not waiting 20 games, not waiting 25 games. The time's now. He looks good. He looks more comfortable. I'm sure he's still sore because that injury was gruesome. But let's give Gordon Hayward his minutes. Let's get him going because if he that gets him going, then now teams are like, crap, Gordon Hayward's back to who he is. That could give Jalen Brown some opportunities. That will give Jason Tatum definitely more opportunities. 
less pressure on Kyrie, less pressure on Al Horford. We need those guys come playoff time, okay? And then Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier was in the news this week, especially from Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons thinks that Kyrie, uh, uh, Terry will be traded in less than a week because Terry supposedly, according to rumors, has been complaining about his playing time. Scary Terry was great in the box series. He was okay against 76ers. He was okay against the Cavs. I know a lot of people are really obsessed with the Scary Terry thing. I was too. I bought into it. It was a lot of fun to watch. The whole Drew Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe thing, all good. But Terry has had a really bad stretch. I mean, he had a stretch this year where he scored 4, 14, 3, 7, 7, and 6. Now, I know he's not getting a lot of playing time, and the way Marcus Morris is playing, stand by your man Marcus Morris is playing, he's going to have less shot opportunities until Marcus Morris cools down, which I hope doesn't happen. But he did start for Kyrie the other night. He played very well, very, very well, 22 points, but he was a minus 18. (sighs) So it's tough. I don't think the Celtics should trade Terry Rozier. I don't. I really, I really, really, truly don't think that they should trade him because, you know, if Kyrie doesn't resign and then you trade Terry, you got no one. And this draft isn't the draft to go out and get a point guard like I've mentioned before. Terry needs to stay. Terry just needs more opportunity. Terry just needs to get in a rhythm and everything will be good. That is a promise. Okay. A couple more things. Daniel Tice, it was great to see him back tonight. He played a limited role. A couple minutes, got a couple rebounds. Uh, he airballed a three-pointer. So I'm starting to get to the point where Aaron Baines, Daniel Tyson, Al Horford, until you make two three-pointers in a row, stop shooting them. Yep. And especially Daniel Tyson. I mean, you're the first time you're back in like two weeks in one day or two weeks in two days, however long he was out with his foot injury, your first shot is going to be a three-pointer? No. Mm-mm. Eh, wrong. Sorry, bro. Not not going to happen. But it's good to see Daniel Tice back. Hopefully that will give more depth to the Celtics roster. Now, the new Celtics jerseys. Nike released a whole new batch of City Edition jerseys. The Miami Heat obviously have the best ones. Those black, light blue, and pink ones. Those things are sick, like Miami Vice. But the Celtics gave tribute to the 1980 Celtics teams with their like rip-away, <laughs> like button rip-away warm-up shirts where it was Celtics across the chest or Boston across the chest. And then the gold was outlined on the green writing. I think they're pretty sharp looking. I think that... the they're better than the gray jerseys. I think they're simple to the point. But again, I just don't want them wearing them a lot. You know, like I love the Celtics white and green home jerseys. I think they're great. I don't mind a little bit of yellow added to it. But let's be real. The white and black ones or the green and white ones, those are the ways to go. Don't overdo it. I believe from what I'm hearing, the very first game that they are going to wear these new jerseys are going to be November 21st at home against the Knicks, which is one of those teams in the next 15 games that has a losing record. Okay? Remember, keep that in mind. All right. And what what is that one other thing that we have to do here? Is Kyrie Irving officially back? I think so. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode 15 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I know there was a lot of banter in this one, if you will. Thank you all so so much for listening we're almost to that 2000 listen mark i'm i'm very humbled and blessed by that so thank you i I really and truly do appreciate it if this is your first time listening hey welcome aboard thanks for listening uh spotify itunes google play music soundcloud stitcher podbean all your favorite podcast apps that's where i am at banner banter podcast on facebook 
and Instagram at BannerBanter18 on the Twitter machine. The Twitter machine at BannerBanter181 is where I basically live tweet every game. So if you want to see someone in a glass case of emotions, head on over there. Check it out. If you could please share this with your family, your friends, your peers, your coworkers, strangers, whatever the case may be, anyone who has an application to listen to someone talk in their phone tell them about the banner banter podcast all right upcoming games this week for the boston celtics they got three home games wednesday against the bulls friday against the raptors and saturday against the jazz yes back-to-back home games at td garden hope to see everyone there i'll be up at section 315 thank you guys again so much for listening i'm thinking the celtics go two and one this week i think they lose to the raptors the raptors are just playing very well unless Kawhi leonard needs another night off and then that means don't tempt me with a good time but who knows maybe the celtics at home can pull it together the celtics do play the raptors very well at home kyle lowry isn't that great at td garden if my memory serves me correct Kawhi leonard has played very well at td garden whenever he was on the spurs i'm really not worried about the jazz game because remember the Celtics almost beat him, and Kyrie didn't play. So Ricky Rubio cannot guard Kyrie Irving, so let's just go there. And the Celtics should absolutely destroy the Bulls. The Bulls have some nice young talent. I'm really looking forward to watching Wendell Carter from Duke play. He's had a great rookie season so far, and that's that. So hopefully by the end of this week, the Celtics will be, what, 9-7? and seven? But, hey, if they want to be 10-6, and six, don't tempt me with a good time. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm babbling. This has been a really long call. Co- podcast banner banter podcast thank you guys for listening toodles and noodles x's and o's bye pump the brakes hold on i forgot to talk about one other one other thing over the weekend i got to check out the new celtics practice facility uh some of the season ticket holders got an opportunity to do so what an incredible place if you guys ever saw the old celtics practice facility at the boston sports club in waltham it was okay but this is this place was unbelievable the banners, the retired numbers, the weight room, the locker rooms, even the friggin' barber shop was out of this world, absolutely crazy. If you guys have an opportunity to go there, go there. They were kind of strict about some of the things, which I thought was really cool, but the whole facility absolutely blew me away, and hopefully it's going to make the Celtics organization better than what it already is and attract better players, better than the ones that they already have, and really, really be above and beyond a lot of the other franchises and organizations in the NBA. Okay, that's it. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.